Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever, whenever you are joining today's podcast from. We, uh, we know that we've got visitors and uh, uh, visitors to the podcast and listeners to the podcast from, from all across the world. So uh, it's great to know that there are people tuning in from, uh, from all four corners to today's podcast. Um, welcome along to a first-time guest on the podcast today. We're joined by Dan Thurlow. Dan is the Director of Exhibition sales at the Scottish event campus up in Glasgow. Dan, thanks very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you very much. Um, to, uh, what's the campus like at the moment? Are you in the middle of a busy week? Um, yeah, we've got um, the Scottish Learning Festival on at the moment, so that's uh, taking our largest hall and various different conference spaces. Um, it's a great event. It runs annually with us, um, organised by um, one of our local organisers um, working with um, the Scottish Government. Um, yeah, so great to see. And then I think we've just come off the back of the same organiser running um, an autumn trade fair. Um, mm. And then this weekend we go into Comic-Con. So, you know, one of the great things about working in a venue is you go from, you know, retailers to teachers to people dressed up as Spider-Man all in a week. Literally every day is a different day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, for, for, for those people tuning into today's podcast who may not be familiar with the Scottish Event Campus, or the SEC, um, as people will re refer to it, um, it did undergo a rebrand um, in the last few years. But, but tell us a little bit about the campus and what actually it's made up of in terms of venues and spaces. Sure. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we rebranded recently um, and it was it was essentially to try and bring a bit more clarity to um, what essentially we are three buildings um and the hydro um which is seven years old now i think um yeah that was the the most recent one the armadillo uh which is the um three thousand seater um conference venue but sort of live entertainment venue and then we have the main building uh, sort of pyramid shaped entrance to the main building um, and there was a bit of confusion because we had, we were previously called the SECC, which stood for the Scottish Exhibition and Conference Centre. And then we had the Hydro, which had been sponsored by SSE. So we suddenly had SSE Hydro, SECC. Um, and some people thought the Hydro competed with us. What they didn't realise was actually all three of those buildings um, were the same organisation. And so we rebranded as the Scottish Event Campus because that's essentially how we see ourselves. Where our, we have three buildings, if you like, um, mm -hmm. and we have all the outdoor space um, um, around us. And if you like, it kind of reflects the, the approach that we take to incoming events. So predominantly, you know, live music, sport, comedy will probably go into the Hydro. However, if it's, if it's to, to place a slightly smaller audience, um, it will go into the armadillo. Um, yeah. The majority of the exhibition business that comes in will take it will take place um, in SEC Centre, which is the, the main building where all the exhibition halls are. But we do have examples where we have conferences that come in that will take the hydro if they're that big. Yeah. Um, we've had exhibitions that have taken over the entire campus and used the outdoor space. So the rebrand is really just to explain um, you know everything that we have on offer here, and then we take a uh, you know. A, a slightly more tailored approach then to which events use which parts of our campus. Yeah, and, and just to tip, tip the hat a little bit from our end of things, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a good and, and sensible rebrand, and and um, 
calling it the Scottish Event Campus, I think is, is, is a definite Ron seal, you know, straight away, you know, people can, can access that and, and fundamentally understand what it is that may be on offer there. You know, whilst the words exhibition or conference are used in a venue's title, um, that can throw an element of ambiguity or, or uh, misdirection to people who might not organise specifically those type of events who could perhaps write off a venue and say, well, it's not for me, it's exhibition and conferences, I'm doing this. Calling it an event campus does allow you perhaps more scope to, to, to you know, engage with clients who maybe in the past have said, oh, maybe that's not for me. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, as we'll probably get onto it, that yeah, there's, there's obviously massive benefit to, you know, to what we have. So as I said, there was some confusion. You know, people thought um, that somebody had come along and built the hydro right next to the SECC and was that going to you know, provide competition? Um, so the fact that it's obviously, it's not competitive, it's part of our, um, you know, um, one of the spaces that we offer. Um, but equally, having a great live entertainment venue constantly um, polling in the top, top three or four in the world, uh, which means that we get, get great acts, yeah. Uh, yeah. which means then that, you know, when you've got people coming up for site visits or you've got um, shows happening, that we have a hospitality offering sometimes you know, that we can, that we can you know, make for those teams. We've had great examples in the past where um, we've managed to make suites available for the organizing teams to host their clients or their prospects or their publishing partners and what have you. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's great to be able to have that as part of the um, you know, the spaces that we offer. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it is a little clearer. You still sometimes jump in a taxi and you say, take me to the SEC and they say, do you mean the exhibition centre? Yeah. <laughs> you know where we're going. Nobody's going to get lost. <laughs> and, and geographically, um, you know, people say the world is becoming a smaller place. Um, you know, geographically, for those who perhaps don't know um, Glasgow and perhaps know exactly where the campus is, is located, from an accessibility point of view, it, it, it's it's in a prime location, really, isn't it, in terms of the access and, and the geography of it? Yeah, it, it is. Um, and I mean, we are, it's it's five five minutes, ten minutes in a taxi into the middle of town. Um, there are two stops on the, um, you know, on the, on the metro, which we have a dedicated station at Exhibition Centre. Mm -hmm. um, you can walk into town on a nice day. I've done it myself. And you can walk down by the river, which is a particularly nice way of doing it. Um, you're 20 pounds in a taxi from the airport. Um, and we're well serviced, obviously, by um, British Airways, EasyJet up and down from London, um, Flybe um, equally, mm -hmm. you know, trains into Glasgow Central. And um, so it's, it's very easy to, to get here. And I mean, I can vouch for that. I still split my time between London and Glasgow. I commute up every week. Um, yeah. I've done it from door to door in three hours. Um, and, you know, so I think people getting up here, book shows on yeah come and visit the venue and what have you it's it's really simple to do international visitors as well it's not not just sort of a you know, domestic uh, commute is it you know because you know glasgow's it's an international airport yeah absolutely yeah and obviously they, they'll work hard to um to add more routes in but equally yeah when you get the big international association conferences you've got people coming into glasgow um equally um, into Edinburgh or if people are flying into London as I said whether they then um, you know hop back up on, on, on another flight up to Glasgow or jump on the train which can be as quick as uh, four hours so yeah accessibility into the city from outside of Glasgow and outside of Scotland is is, is really easy and then for those you know the important visitors that are coming to the shows that we host or to the, to the gigs that we um, host 
I think you know, I think the sixty-seven percent of the population of Scotland can get here in under an hour, so it's mm. very accessible. Absolutely, and and of course, the, the, the event space itself, you know, uh, the event spaces within the campus. Yes, that's a huge consideration for organisers, isn't it? But but beyond the actual SEC and the, the campus itself and what's on offer there, when an organiser is looking to bring an event to any given venue, there. It, there's a lot of stuff that they're looking beyond as well. It's not just about what's on offer on the campus, but it's the geography that we've talked about. It's the accessibility, but it's things like hotel rooms. It's things like, you know, what's available outside of the campus for people who are visiting there in an evening, you know, what's on offer from a social point of view. And, um, and, and there will undoubtedly be a lot of people who listening to this today who are familiar with the venue, but perhaps there will be a lot more who are not familiar with the venue and perhaps not familiar with what just what's on offer outside of the campus in Glasgow. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, there's and lots of levels to that. And I think, you know, fundamentally we want everybody who um, comes and either organizes shows, exhibits at shows, visits shows to enjoy their experience. Um, mm. Now, a visitor may be you know, um, in and out in one day, they may be stopping overnight, uh, but then you've got the organizers, you've got the exhibitors. So we do want everybody to enjoy the city, especially those that are visiting it, you know, that are not local to it. So um, in terms of staying on site, yeah, we've, even in my time here, we've seen the hotel stock um, increase and improve, um, and that's still continuing. Yeah, we've, we've got a, a village hotel, a Premier Inn, a Hilton, a Crown Plaza, a Radisson Red, a Campanile, um, already on site and um, there's two more hotels being built as we speak um, we have a moxie and a courtyard by marriott um, that will be coming um, early part of next year so that combined is about 1500 rooms on site mm. so um, you know different brands different proposition there's some great hotels they're very easy for people that are going to stay um, yeah you can stay locally so yeah hotels very well served um and is that driven is that is that growth and, and that development of the actual hotel offering very much a response to your own efforts to to, to drive the venue to rebrand the venue to improve the services and offer there and as as if you as you've promoted more business and more events within your own campus yeah. they've actually responded to that yeah absolutely i mean obviously we we have a good working relationship with all of those hotels which again we you know we can kind of come back to but um equally um the hotels are busy um, and you wouldn't be spending uh, whatever you know, um, Marriott and, and what have you are going to be spending on a hotel if they didn't think it was going to it was going to be successful. Sure. Yeah. So um, there is obviously you know, plenty of demand, and there's now plenty of choice, um, yeah, which is great from you know, three and four star. Um, and so that's been obviously welcomed by us, but they do need to stand on their own two feet as, as you know, commercial enterprises. But um, coming back to your, you know, your, your question about um, the campus, we are, yeah, we're by the river, which is great. I mean, it's, lo it's lovely to be riverside um, next to the River Clyde. But if you look out from our campus over the river, you've got STV and BBC. So we're right by the two largest you know, television media um, outlets. Um, you've got right, the Science right. Centre. Um, and the Science Centre, a great building. And again, organisers have used it. Um, read exhibitions that organize all energy here you know for, for the last couple of years they've had their exhibitor drinks over at the science center so they'll pipe people over at the end of the first day um, and they'll go and have a really nice informal drinks reception over at the science center um, you've got um, to the west of our, uh, west of us um, you've you know the Clyde distillery that's that's opened recently which again 
um, quite a lot of the conference um, clients will use it for another, you know, it's another great opportunity for an informal sort of drinks reception with a, sure. obviously a local and, 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 um, and Scottish twist to it. So there's a few things already um, on site and, and, you know, a short walk away. And then of course, you know, we are a five minute walk from Finiston, which was voted as the uh, hippest place to live um, in the UK um, not too long ago. And it's, it's a fantastic part of town. There's over 40 um, bars and restaurants have opened since the Hydro opened its doors. Um, and yeah, I've seen that again change in, uh, in, the, in the five years that I've been here. There are some fantastic restaurants. Um, I'm lucky enough to have um, tried several of them and, and we obviously use them to host people. Um, you know, and, and again, you've got a great range, whether it's seafood, whether it's steak, whether it's um, Indian, whether it's um, you know, tapas. Um, it's a really nice part of town, very accessible, very friendly. So you know, coming back to that, that point of we want people who come and run shows and, and, and take part in shows here to enjoy the, enjoy the city. Now they can do that without having to go too far. Yeah. They can wander five minutes up to Finiston and find some great restaurants and bars. But equally, yeah, we want them to you know, travel into the city and see the best of what, um, what Glasgow has to offer. If you're an exhibitor, you can be here for, you know, two, three, four nights. And so, you know, we know it's hard work. We know sometimes you just want to get back to the hotel and have a good night's sleep. Um, but we'd also encourage people to get into the city and um, get a look around. So, yeah, lots to do in the immediate vicinity, but it's, it's two stops on the train into the city of Glasgow. And then you've got, you know, lots of stuff at your disposal. Just, just something that that, that, that sparked my curiosity. Um, you mentioned about having uh, the the media bases for for the BBC and STV just over the river um, from you. Um, uh, has has there been? Is there much interaction between yourself as a, as a venue and those particular media outlets, or between your own clients and events that use your campus and those media outlets? Do they pay attention to what's happening there because it's on their doorstep? Yeah, they do. Um, and it's part of what we've been focusing on recently as well. Um, yeah, we have an ongoing dialogue with, um, you know, with STV and BBC. You know, we've spoken to them in the past about um, you know, ideas. So they, they can talk to us about the kind of content that they currently create that gets um, big audience figures. So they've got a handle on what the Scottish population are interested in um, consuming. And so that in itself you know, potentially creates show opportunities. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But equally, then we'll talk to them about the shows that are coming into our campus, um, which they could be interested in, whether it's coming and broadcasting from the show floor, whether it's a piece of content that they might want to go and share with their audiences. So, um, yeah, there's a great open relationship there. And that's between us as a venue and, and, and them as a, um, yeah, as a media outlet. But, yeah, our in-house marketing team are facilitating introductions and putting some of our incoming organisers in touch with yeah, I mean, STV and BBC um, are obvious ones. Um, we have a, you know, a a broader sort of hydro partner in Capital Radio, um, you know, and they reach half a million listeners every week. So, right. and then you've got Reach PLC. So, you know, they've got multiple channels. They're reaching two thirds of, um, of Scotland every single day. So an awful lot of media um, that we have great relationships with that uh, we will obviously use because we'll be doing our own promotions, but that we will encourage organisers to talk to. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't just have to be a, you know, a commercial relationship. And I think that's yeah. what, we're, what we're so pleased with is that, you know, whether it's radio or TV or press, they are genuinely interested in content. Um, they're genuinely interested in what the opportunities are to work with an organiser, um, you know, to help you know, raise awareness, um, you know, help them um, broadcast their audience 
uh, to potential visitors, but yeah. there's equally interesting content there for the you know for the the TV companies and radio stations as well. Has has the development of those relationships between yourself and these uh, media organisations um, helped facilitate? more interesting discussions when you are talking to new clients of your own and and when you're presenting the campus as a prospect to them for their own events have have you i'm not let's just saying that you can you know dangle a carrot or promise stuff to people but have you been able to utilize the development of those relationships with your own clients yeah we have and i think uh, yeah and always looking to do more um but you know again it's um one of the, a good example, I suppose, is, I mean, you know, we spoke to STV a while ago and sort of said, look, you know, tell us what your, what are the TV shows that are really attracting the biggest audiences? You know, what is it that, that the people are interested in? Mm-hmm. Um, does that create a live event, you know, um, uh, opportunity? Sure. Or does it validate some of our thinking or some of our theories? And so, you know, um, unsurprisingly, some of the shows they have around pets, massively, yeah, um, yeah. massively successful. So, okay, well then, Surely that gives us a bit of confidence that if we'd have put on or attract a pet show, um, that that would be successful because it's a you know, it's an area that people have a great interest in. And so last year, um, we were approached um, uh, by an organizer looking to launch um, Dog Lovers Show. Um, so we yeah we could we could help them you know um, confidently sort of talk about where we thought there was there was genuine interest in that as a subject area, referencing STV um, rather than our own. Uh, feelings or, or, or theories and um, they launched with us and I think they got over 10,000 visitors in the first wow. year which for a consumer show a quite a niche consumer show mm. here at SEC that that's a fantastic uh, yeah, fantastic launch yeah, so, yeah, that, that's, yeah it, they can help us validate they can help us point in certain directions as to where there may be some live live event opportunities based around content that we know people have a genuine interest in Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, marketeers and, 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 you know, brands and, and agencies who represent brands, you know, f- for, for several years now have been really sort of beating the drum about the, the rise of live events and, and, and live experiences and how as consumers, we seek to engage more with live experiences than we've ever done in the past. You know, even, even with the advent of the internet and having connectivity and mobile devices on us all the time, the, the sort of it's almost a paradox in a way that we've also seen a huge rise in live events e- even in niche sectors um and it's interesting that you mentioned you know about, about the sort of the, the pet uh, based um live events but you know even when you look at sort of celebrities and, and people who are in the public eye who are now doing live events that maybe in the past you wouldn't have considered doing live events you know celebrity chefs coming and doing sellout theatre shows, thousands and thousands of people and cooking on a stage. Who'd have thought that we'd have had that, you know, 15 years ago? Um, Professor Brian Cox doing physics lectures to thousands of people in theatres. You know, again, mm-hmm. there's this whole new advent of live events that perhaps we wouldn't have, um, wouldn't have seen, you know, a decade ago. And, and I guess that as a campus, you, you've, you've hosted some of those and seen live events that maybe, you know, in your own professional experience, you thought, wow, I wouldn't have expected that to work. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you know, I've been um, old enough to have been in live, event, live events for over 20 years. Um, but I started my, yeah, um, I did a lot of time um, with EMAP, which again, mm. back in the day, started life as East Midlands Allied Press. Now, mm. um, you know, I worked on the trade side, I ran trade shows, but um, certainly when I joined them, there was still a big trade and consumer um, entity, you know, publishing background, East Midlands Allied Press, that's what they were famous for. 
And the thing that, that, that struck me even back then is there was a magazine for just about anything and everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes you'd, you know, you'd laugh, you'd find titles that were so specific in the trade press, you know, that often appear in, have I got news for you at the end? Honestly, wouldn't believe that there was a, there was a, there was a trade magazine or a magazine for just about anything. And it's the same in live events, um, which I think is great. You know, um, there are, you know, very large, um, uh, consumer shows that, that cover a wide range of, uh, of interests or areas. And then you've got really, you know, really niche ones, which I think is, which is really, um, which is fascinating. But also, I guess, coming back to your point, again, I, I've, I've been around long enough for, I remember when the internet, you know, was sort of first, uh, appeared on the scene. And of course, everybody was, um, was writing off. Um, live events, you know, digital is going to kind of take it away. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, I never subscribed to that. And I, that wasn't just a defensive position because of what I did as a day job. I just didn't believe that digital was going to replace that need for, you know, um, physical interaction. Mm-hmm. And it has, it has massively enhanced um, live events. I mean, even think about what we're doing now, you know, the technology is enabling us to have a, have a conversation, but it, um, it, it wouldn't replace the need to have meetings. And I think you know, especially in consumer, but also in trade, um, you can achieve so much more um, face-to-face, shaking a hand, seeing a product, picking it up, um, you know, understanding how it works. You know, so from a visitor, um, you can achieve so much more by attending an event. That doesn't mean that digital in advance can't help you prepare for it and get more out of it. It doesn't mean that digital can't help you consume some of the content that you couldn't possibly um, consume all at the time that you're at the show so you can you can follow up with it and obviously you can connect with people that you've met so I think the two are brilliantly complementary but um, yeah I'm yeah, with the exception of two years that I spent in publishing um, majority of my career has been in live events and it's for that reason um, it's it's massively enjoyable and it's very honest because you know you'll be standing in front of the people that you do business with so um, yeah I think that keeps it uh, innovative keeps it fresh keeps it exciting um, which is why I'm you know uh, why I enjoy it and I've been doing it for as long as I have absolutely and it's, it's interesting when you mentioned that you know that the, the I suppose that the dovetail now between the technology and, and the live events industry you know and, and and how on the face of it like you said people was oh digital is going to replace it. There'll be no more live events. People will just talk like we are now through a video link or they'll watch a live stream of somebody delivering a conference session from, from their front room or from their own you know, meeting room in their own office. And, and that hasn't really happened. And what's more, we've actually developed beyond that where we are using this t- technology that we thought would bring about the end to live events to actually enhance it further. And um, I don't know if you saw this just in the last couple of weeks, I saw a great news story and I forget the name of the band so so forgive me um anybody out there who's screaming it at me but um there was a band that hosted a concert in one of the the, the large uh, uh, arena venues where they built the stage portrait in orientation rather than right. landscape specifically right. because they understand that their audience will all stand there for most of the concert like that holding their phones up yeah. and that they're shooting video in portrait orientation as opposed to landscape. Cause that's how people hold their phones. And so they constructed the stage to actually fit in with the shape of the video that ultimately people are going to form. And um, I'm always fascinated to see that sort of dovetail between the live events and, and, and the technology side and how event organizers are actually planning their engagement and working with their audiences and understanding what they want. 
Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, I guess going, going back to that point, if you look at technology, if you, if you look at something like social media that didn't exist 15 years ago, mm. um, you know, it's, it's a massive channel for marketing events, obviously. Um, so all organizers, you know, you, you look at their use of you know, micro-influencers yeah. um, and their use of social media to, in order to get the message out there so that people know what's happening and what to expect, um, that they can share... Um, you know, interesting and innovative content to ensure that somebody, um, you know, visits and buys a ticket and attends a show. Obviously, whilst the show is taking place, the people that are there are sharing their experiences with their own networks, which, in, which in, again, has that knock-on effect of maybe attracting more people who see what their friends are doing on the first day and want to get down there for the second day. And then ourselves, you know, as a venue, I mean, you know, our social media reach is just shy of 300,000 across various channels. So we use it, again, as a channel to make people aware of what's going on at our campus. And yeah. so that's massively complementary technology. It didn't exist 15 years ago. Um, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you where it's going to go. If I did, <laughs> I'd probably be a, probably a richer man Nobody than I am. Um, but yeah, that, that, that to me is, yeah, that's, it's, it's such a positive, but it is still built around. It is improving. It is enhancing. It is extending life. However, the fundamental proposition is still uh, the live event. Uh, in your own particular role and, and, and perhaps then wider into your own marketing team there, do, do you pay close attention and do you monitor your own clients' marketing activities to see what the event organisers are doing by way of marketing to, to either see what they're doing right, see what they're doing wrong, not necessarily to offer them advice, but to, to learn yourselves as to what's worked for them um, so that you can improve your own understanding? Yeah, and I think yeah, the, the role that we see ourselves here, and um, yeah, I, I'm an organize, I'm from an organizing background, um, yeah, predominantly trade, but I'm from an organizing background, um, so I can understand um, the, yeah, the challenges that organizers have. So our attitude here is obviously we, we want to attract shows here, we want the shows to be successful, we want them to grow so that they'll stay with us uh, for many many years to come, and we want and so we want we want to help them grow both in terms of their you know, exhibitor and content proposition but equally their visitors yeah. so why wouldn't we look at ways that we can um, help them do that um, they are obviously the subject matter experts they're the content experts so but we do see ourselves as being um, you know more than just you know the space that you rent we have dedicated marketing and PR in-house we have like as I said our, our social media reach we have a marketable database of um, just over a quarter of a million um, people so we will absolutely put that to play Mm -hmm. um, to help spread the word. And it's one of the things we've been focusing on recently. I mean, we, we started this thing called an affiliate marketing program where um, we went out to local employers, um, local businesses and said, look, if, you're, if, you, you know, um, if you'll allow us to share um, some of the content that we've got coming into our venue, um, you know, then that helps our incoming organizers. It means that your, your, your staff and your network of people um, are more aware of what's happening and there may be some, um, some um, offers that can be extended by, by the organizer. Um, and so trying to help them sell tickets um, is, is, is a large part of what we do and we've, we've made great um, strides in that. I think we're, we're selling 130% more tickets now for exhibitions than we used to. Um, at some of the shows that have come in, our activity is, is um, delivered up to sort of 30, 35% of the audience. So it's absolutely fundamentally something that we see that we, that we can help with. Not that we don't take the place of, um, uh, like I said, we're certainly not the experts, but the more that we can 
understand from the organizer you know uh, what their proposition is who their target market are um, and how we can put our own social media channels to play we will absolutely do that and um, so we've seen some really great results in that respect and why wouldn't we you know, absolutely we just want busy successful shows we want as many people coming down and enjoying the shows as we can so easier to do on the consumer side um, obviously because of our, our database um, uh, but on the trade side and this is where our relationship with the city comes in um, so well so um, city marketing bureau of glasgow i mean multi multiple award winning they've been winning uh you know, winning awards consistently for the last um 10 years um and they very much work with us um certainly on the on the say when it comes to the trade side um they have a network of um city departments universities academic institutions um yeah they have links with scottish enterprise and and and, and other bodies that will be useful and supportive of trade shows so whether it's whether it's um, introducing organizers to people that could be speakers content partners um you know uh, uh, facilitating or, or shaping the content and direction of that show they all very much work with us and work with the organizer to uh, to do that and we've got some in fact tomorrow is a good example um yeah. free exhibitions great great organizer great customer of ours and, and tomorrow we have a lunch in town um, that we as a venue will be um, supporting. The City Marketing Bureau have done all of the organizing and they've brought together a group of professionals um, around the low carbon technology space um, so that read exhibitions can talk to them about their plans for the development of all energy, but also looking at what direction to take it in and what areas um, they can add to that to keep it relevant and keep it growing. Um, and that's something that is a organizer venue and city initiative. Uh, it's not the first time we've done it. And it's absolutely not unusual for us to do it. And again, why wouldn't we? Because if we can play our part in helping shows grow and be successful, um, everybody benefits. So, and to have a city that are engaged in that and, and, and um, you know, very proactive in that is, is fantastic. Um, so whilst on the, the pure play marketing side, it's a little easier for us to do that on the consumer space. Um, when it comes to trade, that's where the city the universities and that network of, of professional organizations and city departments becomes so powerful yeah and it's, it's fantastic to see that that collaborative approach you know across all the sort of key stakeholders in in that particular region you know working together and and, and driving you know genuine benefit to, to to visitors to the local economy to the organizers who are bringing events there you know regardless of what the type of event is that it's brilliant to see that that collaborative approach um you know on the face of it yielding yielding some real benefits could, could i just ask you before before we get to the end of of time on today's episode um you mentioned about the stuff that's happening this week every day is different do, do you um on a lighter note do you find yourself coming into the office every day and and checking that calendar and thinking oh look that's coming up in a month's time. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Do you, do you find that you have sort of key regular points in the year where you think, oh yeah, I, I really, you know, a sense of sort of uh, enjoyable anticipation as to what is coming up in the venue as well as- Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, as I said, I, I split my time. So um, I live in London, but a lot of, a lot of the industry um, uh, exists in London. So I kind of do a reverse commute if you like. But um, so I try to book myself my ahead sort of two, three weeks. Um, I obviously see all of the shows that run at our venue. Um, we've got a great team that work with me. There's, there's three of us on the exhibition side, on the sales side, um, but also we've got marketing, we've got PR, but we've got a great team in place. But I've seen all the shows um, that, that run uh, with us. Um, so I always enjoy, I mean, Comic-Con is, you know, until you've seen it, it's 
hard to believe. Um, I was at SFN, the um, the fitness uh, fitness show, um, at the weekend, seeing people significantly fitter, stronger, and and, and uh, more capable than me. I spent most of it walking around with my stomach tucked in. Um, so I mean, I enjoy seeing the shows that we host. And then, as I said, as part of our campus, we've got the Hydro, which is a you know, massively successful live entertainment venue. So I will admit that I may look ahead and think, oh, okay, if I could be there on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, oh look, Noel Gallagher's playing on Wednesday. That might, you know, maybe I'll be there Wednesday rather than Tuesday. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and, you know, and why wouldn't I? But um, again, that that has great benefit in when we have people come into the venue for the first time or people on site for shows, um, and we've got some great live entertainment. Um, then we get to we get to take them along, and they get to take their teams along. So it's it, there's kind of no finer data, or no finer way to wind down at the end of a, a you know a busy day on the show floor than maybe having a cup of drinks and watching you know Jack Whitehall or Kevin Bridges or um, you know whatever it is that you're into. Sure. Um, and so it's, it's 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 a it's a great part of the whole campus proposition. And from a personal point of view, yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you? Absolutely, why wouldn't you? Um, we've been talking today on the podcast to Dan Thurlow. Dan is the Director of Exhibition Sales at the Scottish Event Camp- Campus, the SEC in Glasgow. Um, Dan, before we wrap up, um, if people want to find out a little bit more about the campus and want to perhaps reach out to you guys directly, um, where do they go uh, to find out a bit more about it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've um, you know, um, our website um we're on um linkedin um and equally you, you can be following us on twitter instagram um from a, a potential visitor point of view um with like i said we are a um we're a team um two of us have been organizers um in the past so we've we've got a strong affiliation with uh, the needs of organizers so we are um and and you know as i said i'm london based but the team will happily travel around equally to go and see other shows meet organizers it shows that they're running uh, any other part of the uk as well so um we've we are uh, yeah we're, we're very enthusiastic we are um you know passionate about exhibitions um we definitely want to talk to as many people as possible about show ideas that they've got um whether they think there's an opportunity to bring it to scotland and um you know i think our approach is very much you know almost from start through to finish you know, we are we have an in-house research team that can help look at um, concepts they can help size markets so at the very beginning we're happy to talk to people and help them reach a level of comfort that there's a show opportunity there and if there isn't there isn't you know we don't want we don't want unsuccessful launches um, but then all the way through as we talked about helping um, open the doors to um, local contacts it can help make that show as strong as possible marketing partners content partners you know we'll overlay that then with our own marketing and PR support um, our operations team, our event management team are fantastic to help deliver that show. Uh, our food partners, um, we partner with Compass Group, one of the largest food companies in, yes. uh, uh, in the world. And we do that so that they can bring all of that expertise to make food a fundamental part of, uh, of the event experience and help drive dwell time and customer experience. And then, you know, um, having delivered that show and monitoring it across social media, we can equally do visitor feedback. So back again to the research to ask people what they enjoyed about their experience at the show and at the campus so that we can continuously improve. So we are there from start through to finish. Um, we are event professionals ourselves um, and we want to see you know, more successful shows come to the SEC, grow. And, you know, as we kind of said at the top of the podcast, Glasgow is a great city. Um, I can personally vouch for it, having been working here and meeting up here for the last five years. Uh, very friendly, 
a great sense of humor. They're a very proud uh, city. Um, and you know, the, the city absolutely prides itself. Events are part of their economic strategy. So um, yeah, the, we are, like I said, uh, enthusiastic about um, talking to organizers about bringing show opportunities here to the SEC. And when they're here, um, having a great time, enjoying their show, enjoying the city and enjoying working with us as much as we enjoy working with them. Excellent. Um, Dan, thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate working in such a, a busy environment and in a busy job role that, that time is precious. But uh, thanks very much for, for taking a little bit of that time out today to, to talk to the podcast. Um, to all of our podcast followers, if you are listening to today's podcast, head over to eventindustrynews.com. You can also see video versions of all of our podcasts and look at the latest news features, directory listings, special supplements that Event Industry News produces. Of course, if you are watching the video of today's podcast and you are on eventindustrynews.com as we speak, head over to your favorite podcast download platform, whatever that may be, and you can listen to audio only versions of all of our podcasts. Great to put on on your commute to and from work if you're out and about, um, you know, relaxing and unwinding after a busy event of your own. Um, our thanks once again to Dan Thurlow, Director of Exhibition Sales at the Scottish Event Campus. My name's James Dixon and we'll see you on the next edition of the Event Industry News podcast. Thanks very much and goodbye. Thank you.